So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that swaps back when it agrees to. What are we swapping to or from? We're swapping back from the way it used to be and going back to the way it should be, the way it always has been. Right, I don't think I'm happy about that. I'm not going to do it. We'll have words after. (laughs) Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the fucking V12 of podcasts. That that sounds all sorts of wrong. You need to get 12 people for a start. (laughs) Welcome to Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that we'll talk about this after. I've already referenced that line. That's how strong it was at the race. Well, I mean, this is essentially like F1. It seems to happen every race now. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the old team back together. It's me and Chica and Phil, and it's also McLaren Honda. I mean, McLaren Renault? No, McLaren Mercedes. McLaren Peugeot. I'm Tigres, and today from the internet, we are going to talk about the Russian Grand Prix where Mercedes won again, Ferrari imploded again, and weirdly, Putin didn't show up. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who is living in the future. It is Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. Yes, indeed. After two weeks of thinking about living in the past for the Goodwood Revival and then living in the past for the Goodwood Revival, I'm now firmly in the future because I have just bought a robot vacuum cleaner. What? It's amazing. I've set it up about 45 minutes before I got on the train to come here and I've watched it. It's got an app. I've watched it whiz around the house and, and map my house. And I can, if I wanted to, I could set my Hoover working. I could vacuum my house from here and see where it was in my house. It's awesome. And you're not worried about it killing? No, 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 no. I ordered it from the Far East, so it'll be fine. Nothing could be wrong. The the only thing, if anyone else is thinking of getting a robot Hoover from the Far East, and I'm very pleased with it based on 45 minutes. Can you say um, Far East anymore? I think so. It's a geographical area. Well, it's the east and it's far away. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. But I digress. If you are no, ordering no, something, <laughs> if you are ordering something from a long way away, it, it wasn't terribly cheap. It wasn't wasn't crazy expensive, but it wasn't terribly cheap. But I ordered it. How much was it? Uh, it was several hundred pounds. Seven hundred pounds. Several hundred. How many severals? Uh, less than five hundred. <laughs> well, it was less than five hundred. I forgot. 
<laughs> Phil, did you spend that you have to including um, tax and duties? Well, yes, yeah, so over five hundred. I forgot about Hoover. the tax and duties, which was reminded me when they sent me a message saying we're not going to deliver it unless you pay the tax and duties. How much was and the tax and duties? And I thought it'd be like 25, 30 quid or something. How much was it? One hundred and thirty-five quid. <laughs> You could buy a Hoover Whoa. for that. Yeah. You could buy a Hoover and rent a man yeah, to run it for, it for you. you. Okay, well, yeah, but I think for that much money, you could probably get someone, you know, someone from the Orient. Well, as long as. as Are long you as, offering? As, lo- yeah. <laughs> as long as that bloke could text me live updates as to where he is in the house and where, how he's doing with the Hoovering, yep. that might be a, a worthy alternative. Doable. And alongside him is a man who knows about gloves now. It is Terry Saunders. I know, you've all been thinking, God, he's got a cool job, that Terry bloke, with his doing BBC stuff. Well, today I've been working for a company that's doing videos about different types of chemical-resistant gloves for the cleaning industry. It's the dream. Chica, what have you been up to? And where are you? Currently, um, I am in a place in Herefordshire, near a place called Boxbush. Uh-huh. I think we all know Boxbush, don't we? Yeah, Terry? it's a Tina Turner song. That's right. Is it? Boxbush, yes. silly limits. <laughs> Chica, what are you doing there? I am on holiday, living the dream. Living the dream in Boxbush? I'm near Boxbush, I'm not in Boxbush. Couldn't afford that. Oh, and for one night only, we're introducing producer Matt, who has a story to tell. Producer Matt, carrying a baby, here he is. This is like a great moment in podcasting history. Yeah, I am. I'm carrying a baby, and uh, that is part of the reason why I'm going to have to tell this story. So, I have, you know, two children now, and uh, we have been sort of sleep-deprived, me and my wife, for a a few weeks now. And uh, as a result of that, I am now prone to make podcast mistakes. I make a lot of podcasts, some of them more popular than this one, would you believe? Uh, And one of them is called Happy Place, which is Fern Cotton's podcast. And this morning, I got a very rude awakening when I got a call saying, uh, you should check the fees because instead of the episode that was meant to release today, there's some blokes talking about Formula One. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. I crossed the streams and I can't think of a worse show to give to Fern Cotton's Happy Place audience. Hi, yeah. Fern Cotton's. Oh, I don't, Fern what, Cotton's podcast is so... It's probably, it's probably the same kind of thing as we do, isn't it? Right, let's go too wide at Listener's Corner, making sure we go right way around the bollard when we rejoin the track. Ferrari's in-house bitch fest was the subject of much discussion on our Facebook group, so that seems quite a good place to start. Ferrari apparently had the deal for the race start that would see Vettel use the draft behind the pole sitter Leclerc to ensure that both Ferraris got away from the Mercedes. But Vettel was supposed to give the place back, and he didn't. So Richard Stevenson said, I'd loved it if Bignotto had come on the radio and said, Multi-21 Seb, Vettel really is a cock, isn't he? Tim Ecott said, Seb's been beaten nine qualifying sessions in a row, but wants us all to believe that he is faster than Charles Leclerc by passing a teammate who doesn't know he's in a fight. Who knew the multi in Multi-21 signifies that he is going to keep doing it over and over? However, Liam Dominic Hannaway is springing to Vettel's defence. Ferrari hung Sebastian out to dry before he broke down. Vettel was mighty, not listening on the radio. Bring back fucking V12s. He's done with Ferrari's shit. Has been done for a while. You slate him for being crashy, and I, I agree, it's funny. But a quadruple champion doesn't just become shit. There's something deeper in that rotten core of Ferrari. Ooh. 
Strong words, everybody. Every, everyone got a lot more het up about this than I, uh, than I expected them to, I have to say. Where do you come on this? Um, I thought Fell was being a little bit dickish, to be honest. You know, if they'd made a deal and he's got in front and gone, oh, oh no, I'm not going to give it back. I mean, fair play, he was driving quite well, it would seem, um, to sort of pull a gap on Leclerc. But then, as Tim says, if Leclerc wasn't aware that he was supposed to be chasing him down and was just waiting to be given the place back, then why would he? So it seemed that Vettel was being a bit dickish to me. But can we go back to my new favourite topic of Leclerc when he's slighted? is the biggest prima donna prick Yeah, but going. they all are. No, no, he's worse than most. Come on. Is he? The way he does that kind of stern setting off. We'll talk about this after. I've done the right thing. I didn't go ahead. I stuck to my side of the deal. I did it. Now, make sure he goes ahead of me, please. I mean, admittedly, there was a bit of, sir, 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 he's not giving me the place back, sir. And then that bit where he's like, I'm not angry about it, but I'm really angry about it. <laughs> So at one point he did go, no, it's fine. It's not a problem. It's oh, fine. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. Oh. It's fine. But it, it wasn't fine. He was not happy. Uh, but Vettel did break a rule if they had a little agreement. But what a weird agreement. It did seem a little bit strange. My understanding was that they'd arranged for this to happen so that one of them didn't have to slow down. Because, because of the weird long run down to the first real corner in Russia, you get a big draft a big slipstream that you wouldn't get in other tracks so actually starting on pole is a bit of a disadvantage and the chances were Vettel was sitting right behind him was going to catch him so it sort of made sense that even it sort of made sense that to not have to one of them slow down and so therefore keep the Mercedes behind them they said okay well we'll just go full pelt I'll get the slipstream I'll take the lead then I'll give it back to you later but it made sense. But why did they want him to swap back after like three laps? Well, because it's not really the day. Because otherwise Leclerc could have gone, right, well, I'm going to defend for all I'm worth. And then uh, then there's the risk of them, A, no, crashing no, into each other or compromising their no, speed. But could have been the lead. And they could have made, the agreement could have been, we'll swap you back round after the pit stops. Because they can actually control that by just turning in when to come in. Which they kind of did anyway. Well, eventually. they did it anyway, yeah. So why was there all this kind of lap three? And rightfully, you know, if they'd have screwed that up, Hamilton would have got ahead anyway, yeah. so I don't get it. I think it's more the fact that they had this plan. Okay, maybe it wasn't a brilliant plan, but they had the plan, and Vettel was plan. just like, I'm not going to do it. Go fuck yourself. I would have been in this place anyway. But also, we like a ruthless driver. That was do a we? Of- well, we do like a ruthless driver, but also we don't like a ruthless driver. Yes, I agree, I agree yeah, yeah. entirely. Ross Chaplin is worried about Leclerc. Leclerc went full Hamilton on the radio. Never go full whiny Hamilton on the radio. It's not a good look, Charles. Daniel Sebergson agrees. Charles Lecrae needs to do his talking on the track, not on the radio. He begins to remind me of a certain English five times champion now in how he conducts himself when he is being outgunned. I agree. This is it. He is shit on the radio. He's a real little whiny, petulant shit who grew up in Monaco and has never been told no before. And I think Vettel is my new hero who can say, do you know what? I'm taking the lead of this race. Fuck you. We are. It's a shame we thought he wasn't going to turn out like this. I know, I thought he was nice. I mean, I still think he's nice. I think you're being deliberately contrary. I am never deliberately contrary. And in this case, I genuinely hate the fucker. <laughs> All 
All right. Well, this, this, I mean, I feel like we've trodden this ground in the last couple of episodes anyway. And we will tread this ground for the next five years of his career. But just to take a brief detour, who is good on the radio? Bruno Brooks. <laughs> okay. But no, seriously, I mean, the, the trouble with F1 radio, as we've discussed in the past, is we can now hear all the stuff that we never heard in the golden years, and we can hear everybody moaning and whinging. And I'm just wondering who comes across well on the radio, apart from maybe Raikkonen, Ricardo, perhaps. Yeah, that's a good point. They're all passionate shits on the radio. Yeah, let's ban radios. But all of them? Okay, well, all right, good. Okay, we've got, there's a solution. But then, I want to know they're being a passionate shit. We should make the radio enforced. It should always be on. Just live, live feed. Yeah, if you can get on the new kind of Super Sky channel, you can go to individual car. car. I want to hear their thoughts. <laughs> well, in the same way that you can sort of monitor their heartbeat through their gloves now. Yeah, yeah. You want something in their helmet that reads their brain. Yep. Okay, this is all good Good feedback for uh, Ross. I think it'd be really predictable. I think it'd be like ego, 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 ego. <laughs> ego, ego, ego. Oh, I might buy a new watch. Ego, ego, <laughs> ego, ego, ego. Oh, I've got I to dump that model. Ego, 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 ego. Oh, I hate that guy. Meanwhile, Alex Alban has continued his journey towards being better than Pierre Gasly by steadily climbing through the field after starting at the back of the grid following a difficult practice and qualifying that saw him stack it backwards into the wall. So Jack Clatton said, As a biased Red Bull fan, I thought Auburn had a pretty good race, considering his Saturday. Yes, he has a decent car, but would Gasly have done the same if he was still there? Yes. Hashtag Auburn for 2020. Yeah, because he's in the Red Bull and he overtook everybody and got to the back of the pack. It was easy. So do you think Auburn did a better job than Gasly would have done? I mean, because he had a let's, before the race, just to put it into context, he had a pretty shit weekend. I think he lost. Yeah, he had a real gasly he, weekend. Didn't he missed one of the practice sessions for reasons I can't remember why, and then was pretty slow through qualifying until the point where he was really good for the first two sectors and then crashed in the third one. Yeah, he was shit. He was he was proper gasly. But in the race, seemed to do all right. Yeah, he got six out of six basically. So what does this mean for a? Uh, there's, sorry, it's a bit distracting. There appears to be a choir started downstairs. Every time we come to this pub, something's going on. Yep. Just maybe, go with it. Maybe they're singing let about... God, let Jesus singing about, into your heart. They're singing about Alban. Where do you think Alban is at the moment in terms of how safe he is for next year? I think he's very good. Yeah. I think he has got a strong chance of being the team for next year. He's just basically got to not fuck up. If he finishes yeah. sixth at every race, he's laughing. Well, fifth even in this one, because Vettel went out. So he's laughing. They don't want someone too strong. They're looking at Leclerc and Vettel and going, we don't want that happening. No, that's true. I mean, this is a prime example of the yeah, danger of having two, two good drivers. Multi-21, Seb. Multi-21. Shrug. Away from the Russian race, McLaren has announced that it's changing engine suppliers again. From 2021, the Woking outfit will ditch Renault and move back to Mercedes power again. We can't wait, particularly because history has definitely proven that going back to an engine manufacturer that you had great success with in the past will definitely work again. Right, Honda? Kevin Barry, I suppose this means the Mercedes engine will become truly terrible starting in 2021. Andy Dixon said, so McLaren has just spent the last 10 years wasting everyone's time as they go around all the engines and send up 
and end up where they have started. So let's start a conspiracy, Mercedes, to sell up at the end of next season and focus on Formula E. And McLaren will be there too as a customer team. Ooh. Right, I think he's got a point here. I think Mercedes are putting out of the sport. Uh, well, I th- I'm sure we've mentioned this before. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens yeah. because they've, assuming they're going to win again this year, which they will, and they'll probably win again next year. When you're just continually winning, ev- continually winning everything and paying an absolute fortune for the privilege, at what point do you go, nah, maybe I want to try another challenge now? And if you think about it, Mercedes are McLaren in a weird way, not in an actual legal or definite way, but in a spiritual way, McLaren were Mercedes for years. Then as soon as Mercedes came along, McLaren got shit. And it'd be quite apt if Mercedes left and McLaren got good again. And they both begin with an M. And they're largely silver. I would like to see McLaren Mercedes again, you know, it's uh, it's got a connection, but then I said this about McLaren Honda, and we well, all know how that went. Let's hope they get Mika Hakkinen to come out of retirement. <laughs> After the news last week that we can't use our old logo anymore, thanks to the whiny FIA complaining that we stole it from them, Will Bowen has a question. How did F1 find out about FF1S ripping off their old logo? Only two weeks after Terry's told them all about his podcast on his application form. That's a really good point. Explain yourself, Terry. I might have shocked us in. Does that mean that the FIA are listening Well, I think it's more like the FIA listening to Fern Cotton's podcast. But um, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest, this is bad news for my job prospects because I got an email saying, if you haven't heard within four weeks, you can fuck off. And it's been about four weeks. Was that the exact phrasing? (laughs) Yeah. So I thought this was a job for me. I think it's been three weeks. But I don't know now. Now That's a really good point. They've probably found my logo. But it's, hang on, Formula One isn't the FIA. They don't give a shit. Well, we're getting into the minutiae of the structure of the sport now. Yeah, but Formula One as a company doesn't like the FIA, I bet. bet they, I bet they find them like whiny old bureaucrats. But didn't you apply to... Oh, no, you're right. You applied no, to Formula One. I applied to Formula One, not oh. FIA. Don't a job with those French twats. Well, thankfully, just, our new. Just uh, trying to get myself in with Formula One. <laughs> well, thankfully, our new FIA rip-off logo should be absolutely fine then. Right, I'm ripping off the Formula One logo next. Right, you've got a week to give me an interview, or I am going to come down so hard on your stupid red logo. Phrasing. <laughs> I mean, you say phrasing. I'm going to get an interview. They're going to play this, and I'm going to be the meekest shit in the world. Going, oh, <laughs> it'd be like that time you met Julian Palmer. Shut up. <laughs> In other news, RIP Toro Rosso, sad music. But get ready for Alpha Tori in 2020. The Italy-based Red Bull junior team has applied to change its name 13 years after it rebranded the Minardi team. Alpha Tori is the name of Red Bull's fashion label, which launched in 2017. The application now needs to be approved by other teams. I can imagine Alfa Romeo being delighted to approve this. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, what's the bet that loads of people will misspell Alfa Tori with an F instead of a PH, ironically? I also want to know if it's Alfa Tori. If they're Italy, it could be Alfa Tauri. Because if it's Alfa Tauri, it makes it sound like somebody very high in the Conservative Party. Either way, they've asked Siri for a shitter name than Toro Rosso, <laughs> and Siri has come up bonza i quite like toro rosso i wish they'd just gone red bull in all sorts of different languages and just sort of changed it depending on the big market oh depending on what race they're in yeah that would have been great Good i idea. mean hard to get past the fia i expect with their with their rules oh bloody fia with their logos yeah but um yeah i don't really know what to make of this it came a bit out of the blue shit it's shit it's totally shit but on the other hand were you familiar with alpha tori the label never heard of it well neither were i which suggests that they've got a load of pr just after out of this name change but i did google them 
and they do, you know, some sixty-pound okay. knitted beaning hats. All right, well, we'll rip off their logo next. They do a checkered shirt for ninety-nine euros. What the fuck is going on? Okay, next. It's quite we expensive. Quite yeah, expensive. Red Bull twat. Maybe we're not spending, uh, not charging enough for our this merchandise. Three D knit. That's anyway. a scarf for ninety euros. Bloody hell! Right, Chiga next. Speaking of Toro Rosso, spare a thought for Daniel Kvyat's helmet. Meh. The, the Russian driver could be fined. Phil, grow up. The Russian driver could be fined for using a new design of crash hat <laughs> at his home Grand Prix, even though he'd already used the two extra designs that each driver is allowed per season. This, despite the fact that Vettel's had four so far, as best we can tell. Yeah, well, Vettel promised to only have two, and then he just reneged on it. <laughs> Yes. No, yeah, he absolutely assured them that he'd just have the one that looks like a Red Bull can. Look, the problem is, all drivers' helmets look shit these days, so it doesn't really matter how many they've got. They all look shit. All these gradients and shadows, fuck off. What about Ricardo's? Still shit. Oh. What the special you da- one he did was all right, but the real one, bit shit. You're a graphic designer. What would your helmet look like? Banana. Uh, flat design, bold that you can see, and with a big stripe where the halo is, because why bother designing that area? No one can see it. Okay, what colour? Yellow. Okay, so like Hamilton's a bit... No, Senna. Senna, well, like Hamilton's then. Yeah, but yellow with like a stripe. None of this kind of gradient-y, oh, here's a fucking cat coming out of a mouse. Is that, was that one he had? Yeah. That okay. Was, that was Hamilton's special British one. Good. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. And thank you to everyone that has donated beer money to us this month. We are going to give you a full rundown in the next episode. But in the meantime, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Really, thank you. Thank you. It's much appreciated. So now time for the teams. So we'll start with Ferrari. So Leclerc got stroppy. Vettel also got stroppy. And then Leclerc got even more stroppy because it was, wasn't was Vettel's turn to be stroppy. So after the um, conundrum at the beginning and of the race, what is what would you say the future is for Vettel? Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because we were written him off a couple of races ago. Then he won a race. And he's at, I mean, to be fair to him, he was pretty quick at this one. Oh, it's easy to be quick against somebody who doesn't realise they're racing you. Yeah, but he was stayed ahead of him and was quicker than him. Yeah, well, Leclerc was like, well, he's going to let me pass any minute, so no oh, point in me wasting all my tyres and too close. I bet you're fair on a motorway, aren't you? I bet you're the sort that goes, oh, he just undertook, that's dangerous. I, I am the one who undertakes. You're an undertaker? Well, no. Oh, um, you deal with dead you, people. You keep left. <laughs> hey. You keep left uh, unless you're overtaken. So if you're able to undertake somebody, that means that they haven't kept left. So it's their fault. Yes, it's more complicated than that, but You're essentially, yes. You're sounding a bit more like Vettel than Leclerc in this situation. I, I'm trying to think of a Vettel quote. I can't think of Because he'd be any. the one going, you know, he can overtake, but he's not close enough, so uh, fuck him. I mean, there is, a, yeah, there's an element of that. Okay, yeah. maybe I've changed my story then. There you go. Um, I, I think Vettel's starting to resort to mind games and dirty tricks because he knows he's not fast enough. But he has got experience and he's Hello. got ruthlessness. Hello, Phil. Hello there in 2010. 2019's calling. He wants its Phil back. It's a joke that doesn't quite make sense. I don't know what He's that always means. been like that. He's even more like it now. All right. He's got this young, impressionable 
you know, naive young talent that just wanted to be friends, and now he's royally shafting him. Naive young talent, my ass. That Charlie Clerk is, uh, he's been groomed. Well, well. He's been groomed to be a petulant little, I want it all shit. And once he wins, he won't be happy about it. He'll just be one of those greedy winners. What, one of those people that wants to win again? Yeah. Like the, all the drivers? He won't be humble about it. Right. Lewis is humble. Is he? Yeah. He thanks the team. He puts out a Twitter message that says hashtag humble on it. Yeah. Talking about how <laughs> great he is. Talking There's to which. Robert in, but he is humble. Talking to which, Mercedes? Mercedes. Our main man came home in first and his sidekick, a not-that-close second... How much was Hamilton's win down to skill and how much would you say was pure luck? Uh, 98% pure luck, 1% mm. utter skill and 1% Bottas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would probably put it about 50-50. I think yeah? the, the Ferraris were, were looked to be much, much quicker generally and I thought Hamilton did pretty well just to stay with them when they were wanging around at the start. But then, yeah, he absolutely lucked into that, uh, you know, into that situation with Vettel torpedoing Ferrari's own chances when uh, when his engine went and then they just looked in on the safety car so six or one half doesn't need the other but another Bottas special like where was he second, second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah where else was he going to be yeah you know he's just about good enough to be able to get second when something like that is handed on a plate to him but he was never going to be I mean did you expect him to be anywhere near Hamilton but doesn't he normally do well at Russia? He's like won it a few times. It's yeah. like his specialist track. Yeah, but that, that's done now. No, he's dead. So Red Bull, Verstappen came home in fourth. I don't think I actually saw much of him. Um, and he, he didn't even get fastest lap. Uh, Albon, as we discussed earlier, a very good drive. But what happened with his floor? Well, he started in the pit lane because after he'd crashed the car, he decided he wanted a different design of floor. Um, which I guess when you've entirely knackered the back of your car, you can do what the hell you like because you're starting from the back anyway. Well, now he drives a red board, he can decide whether he wants some granite or maybe some nice tiles or maybe some lino. Laminate. But he's gone for underfloor heating. I'd have gone for engineered wood. Make of that what you will. Um, they did all right, but again, you know, the, the third team. Yeah. With third team aspirations. Well, third team with one good driver and one potentially good but doesn't understand the car yet driver. I'm still liking Verstappen. This is really weird. What, I mean, what did you make of him this weekend? He did very well. Okay, good That's insight. <laughs> good. He Great. did as well as he could. Bless him. He's been very polite. And that Charlie Clerk is a little shit. So Verstappen is my new favourite. But do you think... Do you think okay, because... There's not room enough on. for two petulant drivers. Well, okay. And as soon as Leclerc's gone petulant... Verstappen has gone markedly less petulant. So how long? Has I think I think the guy's having an off day. I've still got faith in him. Oh. Bear in mind that a couple of seasons ago we were t- saying almost exactly the same things about Verstappen as we are about Le- well as you are about Leclerc now. Do you yeah, think Leclerc's going to grow into it in a couple of seasons? <laughs> but if you go back through my history of podcasts and opinion on Formula One, I hate most drivers this way until I suddenly like them: Alonso, Hamilton, Mansell, Senna, all of them. When have you ever hated Mansell? I, I was a Prost fan. What? I liked Prost first. Then what? I liked Mansell. Hated Seda. Wow. Then I loved Seda. Did you did you love him before he died? No, I remember cheering in 1994 in what? May the first because I didn't I didn't know how bad the crash was. I was 14. I didn't I wasn't aware. Oh, okay, not not when I, not several days later. Not, yeah, not always oh, brain dead. Hey. No, I meant oh, he's out again because I wanted Mansell to win. Right. 
I mean, was Mansell even there in 1994? <laughs> yeah, I just had the same thought. McLaren! Science is amazing. What an incredible start. Uh, but unfortunately, he did actually get shafted by the safety car. Um, but he still managed to finish in sixth, which was pretty impressive. Norris also had problems with the safety car. However, McLaren is now in triple figure points for the first time in years. I mean, yes. they've done really well. Yeah, I mean, it's still a sad indictment that we're saying, oh my God, they've got three figure points. When you get 25 points for a race win, well, and in years gone by, they would have had that within five races. Well, there's definitely that. But if you compare McLaren to McLaren of the last few years, this is impressive. Oh, it's tremendous. And the weird thing is, about, I think it's always the truth in Formula One and probably most sports, is how they're comically shit until they're just good. Well, they're and the like, best of the rest at the moment. Yeah, exactly. But like, uh, even last year, they were comically... We could laugh at them. And then all they've got to do is all those million things they've done to turn the company yeah. around. It's very simple. And then once they've done it, it's almost unimpressive. She was like, oh yeah, McLaren are fourth again. Yeah, we probably shouldn't underestimate how difficult it is to be the fourth best manufacturer well, of Well, it does teams. seem to be quite easy. You get this new guy in, Andreas... What's his name? Seidel. Andreas Seidel. He sidles up to the team oh. and goes... You're doing everything wrong. Do it this way. And McLaren, who had that weird team structure of everybody can make a decision, nobody's the boss, which turns out to be wrong. You want an angry German? Is he German? Let's say yes. Let's say it. You want an angry German to say, build a wind tunnel, go back to Mercedes, stop fucking about with IndyCar, and get rid of Alonso. I mean, they are fucking about with IndyCar. Well, he's told them to stop. Has he? Oh, oh, I missed that. I just made that up. But oh, right. I reckon okay. Breaking news on that we've made up. A McLaren source has told me he's told him to stop fucking about with IndyCar. Was the McLaren source you in a McLaren t-shirt? It was Ron Bennis. <laughs> Do you miss Ron Dennis? Oh, I like the, like, like the wind. What? <laughs> I love Ron Dennis. Okay. Do you reckon if he came back, they'd, they'd be back in the big leagues? I reckon if Ron Dennis was my dad, I'd have turned out very differently. I'm not sure that would be a good thing. Ricardo tangled with Grosjean at the start, which knackered his car and he had to retire. Then Hulkenberg fell off the jack at his pit stop and he fell foul of the safety car too. But have Renault signed Pat Fry? Did you hear this? No. There's a rumour kicking around Pat that Renault has signed Pat Fry, who, as we all remember, used to work for somebody some time ago and was very good at some sort of engineering thing. Probably should have looked this up. But he was definitely one of those names that you used to hear not banded Nick around. Fry. No, no. Pat Fry. Not Pat Simmons. Pat. Oh, now. Now you've got me doubting myself. Have <laughs> I written the wrong name down? Pat Butcher. Pat Butcher. Oh, fuck. This Frank has not Butcher. gone well. Hang on. I've got 34% battery, guys, and no charger, so crack on. No, it was him. Oh, Pat Fry. No, it is Pat Fry. I'm yeah, not mixing him up with Pat Simmons or Nick Fry. It's, Nick um, Fry and Pat Simmons had a baby. That's right. It's, uh, it's <laughs> Nick Simmons. Uh, yeah, he used to work for McLaren, for Ferrari, for Manor, and for Benetton. And, where's and he going? there's some suggestion. Renault. Well, it's not confirmed, but there's some suggestion that he's going to Renault. But there has also been suggestions that he's also going to different teams. But the smart money seems to be on Renault. Well, seeing as we think he's three people, I reckon he could do three tops. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, this guy that we're 90% sure he is that guy is going to a team to do something. The A team? That's right. Great. Racing point! Perez did well! And then Stroll was helped by a safety car, and then he nearly got Hulkenberg for 10th. Perez, did, didn't. Ve Perez did very well, actually. He's been it, solidly impressive. It was another Perez special. Like You don't see him, and there he is, 7th at the end of a race. Which is pretty you good. You just what? see his name on the left-hand side, and you think, oh, yeah. 
Oh, you must have not pitted. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> at all. He's only there. Stroll was pretty lucky to get 11th, which doesn't particularly reflect well on him. Kind of sums up his entire career, doesn't it? Yeah, but the trouble is, it's a weird one with Stroll, because, let's face it, he's never going anywhere. As long as his dad owns the team, he's got a seat. I don't agree with that. <laughs> you reckon? No, I reckon his dad's ruthless. You don't, you, you don't make that much money and buy Tommy Hilfiger himself. Is that what he did? He owns Tommy Hilfiger. The man? The man. Wow. He does his cooking So for does him. that mean he he's working with Lewis then? Yeah, yeah. I think there was a rumour that he was trying to get Lewis to sign for Racing Point at the start because he was just like, hey, you like Tommy Hilfiger, we'll make it a Tommy Hilfiger team. And wow. Lewis went, yeah, do you know what? Prefer fast cars, mate. Pass. <laughs> hey. Very John crapped on that. Crapped? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Did he? <laughs> Grosjean crashed on lap one and Magnussen got great timing with the safety car but also got a penalty yes the great bollard incident so he missed the bollard because he said he couldn't possibly make the bollard I mean he could have he could have easily bollard. made the bollard he just didn't want to make the bollard the thing with Magnussen is you watch him and go he's going to make a stupid fuck up in a minute and then he invariably does and with yeah. Grosjean you go he's going to crash in a minute oh he's already crashed oh yeah <laughs> I think Grosjean crashed before most people had sat down to take their pick of which lap he was going to crash on. Although, I have to confess, I didn't see it, but I have heard that it wasn't his fault this time. The thing is, it wasn't his fault, and the one at the last race, or the one before, wasn't really his fault. And the thing is, it's like, it gets to that point where... He's just a magnet. He's just in these scrapes too often. He's just a crash magnet. He just ends up in these... It just He attracts crashes. Yeah. Even when there's nothing to do with him. He's like a man walking down a, an open field and then an anvil from nowhere just falls on him. That would be typical Grosjean. Toro Rosso! Gasly pitted just before the safety car, which was very unlucky. Uh, Kvyat had to pit twice under the safety car for some kind of tyre issue. And Kvyat had helmet issues, uh, and he might have to pay a fine for changing his design. Yeah, they didn't have much luck this race, did they? Well, Gasly pitting just before the safety car... It's almost like Gasly's career as a metaphor, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, oh, I've got into a great Formula One team. Oh, but a little bit at the wrong time. But I can't drive it. Bye. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kvyat's probably um, pretty gutted at his home Grand Prix to not only be in helmet trouble, but he wasn't <laughs> allowed. He couldn't qualify because they were rebuilding his car. So he started at the back. You know, he did all right. He didn't get any points, but he wasn't a million miles away. Um, had some issues. Didn't get the rub of the green with the safety car. One to forget. I guess he'll be there next year. I, think, I can't see him changing their their lineup for next year when they're Alpha Tori. Can you? I can see Gasly going. Going where? Formula E. Oh, who are they going to get in? Anybody. Anybody. Literally that kid that liked Raikkonen a couple of years ago. Oh, he's probably a bit older now. I what he's doing. Crying. Alfa Romeo. So Raikkonen jumped the start and got a drive-through, and then he also had a terrible pit stop while his mechanic fell over. Giovinazzi lost his front wing on the first lap and had to pit. I give up with that man. Well, actually, I think Giovinazzi has slightly been pulling it together in the last... He's had bad luck this race, but the last couple of races, he's not been quite as... He led the race. Terrible. Yeah. In the last race, he led the yeah. race. But can we talk about the mechanic? Because that was funny. Go on, the tell us the stop. story. So, they did the pit stop. The front jack guy did all his bits. Then he was kind of, then he was kind of trying to pull the jack out of the way, because that's what you do at the end of a pit stop. Yeah. And it wouldn't budge. Jack off. It was stuck. It was jacked on. It was jackfruit, and he was pulling and pulling and pulling. And then finally, 
and I know it's hard when you're watching these things in slow motion, but another mechanic finally, about 10 minutes later, went, do you want a hand? And he kind of helped him, and he went flying backwards, landing on his ass. Was it the comedy thing where he pulls and pulls and pulls and it doesn't come, and then when it does, he's pulling too hard and can't keep his balance? Very much. And also, one of those comedy things that only me and metres away from being run over by a car, we'd have been going, oh, a tragic accident in the fit. But because it didn't happen like yeah. that, it's funny. Well, this is always the thing in Formula One. You're treading a fine line between slapstick and tragedy. Oh. And they could put that on a poster if they like. Williams! Russell had a weird crash. Kubica retired because of Russell's weird crash. Or possibly to save life on parts, according to the team. Well, they did say we're retiring the car because he's not in points contention, which begs the question, why do you ever bother starting a race? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure I heard during the race that they'd also retired him because they were worried that whatever happened to Russell's car might also happen to his. But then there was a different reason later. Do you think the car just went unexpectedly fast and neither of the drivers knew how to cope with that? (laughs) It could be. I mean... As far as I'm aware, and I'm just Googling it now, has Russell actually said, or have Williams said, what the problem was? Because it was weird. We didn't see the start of it. We just saw him ploughing straight on and hitting the fence under the virtual safety car. And I think, even though he's only Williams, Russell's, Russell's good enough for that not to normally happen. Let's face it. Russell is what? He's like 19? He was texting. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> I bet he was texting uh, his two, girlfriend. 200 pounds and six points. Yeah. And he just missed the lights. Um, yeah, it was weird. I'm, I'm unclear as to whether they actually retired Kubica because the car was in trouble or because they just just want to put him out of his misery. Fair. The thing is, with this whole McLaren getting Mercedes back, technically Mercedes can only supply two extra teams. Oh. So this is the third team. So Williams Renault. Oh my God, it's going to be like the old days. It's, it's all Williams happen. Honda. Hang on. God, all the teams, they'll just all be everywhere. It was a Williams Honda for a bit, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mansell, 86. Yeah, was it Mansell and PK? Patrese? PK. Oh. Yes. Anyway, that's the teams. All of which brings us to the standings. Here we go. Okay, so Sebastian Vettel broke a rule. So I thought, what rules do other drivers break? So, in number one, Lewis Hamilton's. Sometimes he eats cheese straight from the fridge. Because mm. he's a vegan. Oh. And he doesn't cut it off it just bites into it doesn't cut the cheese no Valtteri Bottas said what you can break rules I wasn't aware this was a thing (laughs) Charles Leclerc says I don't break any rules I'm Charles Leclerc except taxes fuck taxes I'm from Monaco (laughs) fourth place is Max Verstappen who says I'm really nice actually but I leave the toilet seat up sometimes even when I shit (laughs) Sebastian Vettel breaks the golden rule that most full time world champions are good (laughs) (laughs) Pierre Gasly did a shit in his car in the last Red Bull race (laughs) Carlos sign breaks the rules that all Toro Rosso drivers are shit. Fair. Good point. Uh, Alexander Albon once got given too much change but didn't say anything. Uh, Lando Norris asks... Oh, no, hang on. Danny Ricciardo asks if he can break the contract rules because he's sick of that. Nilka Hulkenberg says, I've done everything right and I've never broken a rule and yet here I am, podiumless (laughs) and jobless. Daniel Kvyat once didn't pay for food at a restaurant. Sergio Perez... His rule is to score points and then be visible during a race, so he's halfway there. Kimi Raikkonen breaks so many rules, he doesn't even know what's right anymore. Kevin Magnussen is, is the rule that an annoying podcast still jokes about an off-the-cuff remark I made three years ago? <laughs> if so, suck my balls. Lance Stroll says, um, if I can't do a rule, Daddy just buys it for me and makes it easier. <laughs> Roman Grosjean is, is the rule finish a race? Nailed it. 
And Tony Giovinazzi is still banging on about leading in Singapore. And Robert Kubica was that my rule was that I shouldn't drive in Formula One again. In hindsight, should have obeyed that one. Wow. And we were in Russia for the Grand Prix. So I thought. Were we? Yeah. Well, not us, <laughs> as in Formula One. Okay. So I thought Russia, famous film from Russia with Love. Yeah. So I thought, what if all teams were James Bond films? Brilliant. So, Mercedes are The Wolf is Not Enough. Nice. Good. Ferrari, Lie Another Day. Very good. That's good. That was on many levels. Oh, Red Bull, I've just put you only live twice. Is that because they've got another team? No, it meant because they just swapped drivers. Oh, right. I was going to make a clever pun. Didn't get around to it. Um, (laughs) Renault are forever. I mean, Honda are forever. (laughs) I mean, Mercedes are forever. (laughs) That's a McLaren. Uh, Renault is yellow eye, which sounds painful. Uh, From Russia and France, we love. That's Tyra Rosso. Um, Quantum of Solace in the midfield battle is uh, Racing Point. Octopussy is Alfa Romeo. I don't get it. No. <laughs> Never say Grosjean again is Haas and Skyfall because they're once up in the sky and now they've fallen. That's Williams. Very good. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. So the virtual safety car is literally shit. The cars are all going at a set time, feels like it should be visually appealing, but it's hard to tell. But more importantly is the rule that the cars can pit, which saves tons of time, and as we can see after this race, totally changes the outcome. Yes, it's needed, after all it's brought in after Bianchi's crash, and you can definitely argue that the three full race-ruining safety cars at the end of Singapore ruined that outcome, and that we need something, something different than a main safety car, but not the VSC we have now. But don't worry, I have a solution. Right, first of all, sensible answer. Don't let the teams pit under a virtual safety car. Um, unless, unless they've got obvious race-threatening damage, they just have to wait, and that would actually be quite entertaining to see them going around on old tyres under a safety car. Maybe not safe, but let's worry about that later. But also, we need to make the VSC more fun to look at. It's got virtual in the name, and they... It's got virtual in the name. We should do something with that. If they can manage to put giant red Heineken stars on the track, why the hell can't we have a hologram car? And just think how cool that would be from a marketing perspective. It wouldn't have to be that silver Mercedes as a hologram, but a famous cars of old. Imagine if there was a slight crash, and in the intervening laps, the cars were led around by Herbie or Kit. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a holographic car. It could just be a thing. Today, the search for safety car is Tupac. Like it. <laughs> Going around. You know, they've got holograms. Holograms are the future. Okay. No, you can have Ayrton Senna coming along, like waving, like at the end of Star Wars. And dancing from Tupac, like yeah. Tupac. Okay. And no, Gwen uh, Stefani. She's been dead for years. <laughs> that is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. We have not had time to talk about. Uh, the FIA has put the brakes on the move to a standard brake system. Nice. They're not doing it anymore. They were going to do standardised brakes, now they're not. So the way they've broken that they've idea. Put, yes, the br- the brakes on the brakes. Brakes. And is it goodbye to Terry Saunders? We've not had time to talk about Gunter Steiner being in trouble. So, because he's been slagging Ooh. off the stewards. He's been slagging off everyone. But he's been sl- he slagged off the stewards in two different races. And Ooh. now the stewards are saying, you know, we've got a rule that we can actually say, don't slag us off. Wow. So they're actually, they, they might have an informal chat with him, which means bring the heavies around. If you say anything against us again, we'll have Nigel 
They've got some bloody nerve. These unelected officials. With their stupid logos. Yeah. Shame on them. Anyways, we might be in the trouble, so we might have to curb his language. Cunt. Good for Netflix. We'll be back in two weeks to discuss the Japanese Grand Prix. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can you buy some of our dodgy... Actually, have we got anything on there? Are we allowed to put it on there? Or have we had to all take everything really, down? All we've really got on there now is our uh, Van Dorn t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if you want to get an up-to-date Formula E t-shirt, go to FF es.com not really ff1s.com forward slash shop 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 or hooky street <laughs> we're basically just the market stall at this point yeah yeah it's the coppers quick <laughs> let's go down boy you plonker you're in the wire thanks for listening see you in a fortnight bye to have a g-crash goodbye bye. goodbye Podcast Network.